Welcome to the College Baseball Nation podcast. I'm your host, John Peters, joined today by Kyle McKelvey. Today on the podcast, we're recapping all the action from weekend four of college baseball. Let's talk college baseball. Kyle, we're finally recording the podcast instead of just talking about keyboard shortcuts for Chrome. <laughs> I've, had, I've had to learn a lot of those over my time. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been pretty helpful. It really feels like this podcast is interrupting my ability to learn more fun facts about Chrome, but I guess we have to get it done, don't we? We have to record well, it. We can make a new podcast that is just helpful Chrome tips with Kyle and John. <laughs> that sounds like the most uninteresting thing <laughs> that could possibly exist. I, I cannot, yeah. I can't imagine a single person who would want to listen to people talk about Google Chrome. Uh there's probably a niche audience out there. I would, I would Kyle, guess. Kyle, it feels like you were <laughs> close to admitting that you'd be interested in that, but you didn't want to come across uh, as the the extra nerd, which you have already established yourself just, as. I just have to crank up my nerdiness, and it's yeah. in, in niche ways, you know. Kyle, anything new going on in your life? I, I see uh, a button red nose right now on my screen. <laughs> Pollen is new. It's uh, <laughs> made the mistake of sweeping up all of the pollen off of my back like patio before it got into the pool, um, which didn't happen because it all got into the pool anyway. Um, and I didn't wear like any mask or like respirator or anything. And so now I'm sneezing and sniffling and like this got me thinking, like, what is the worst sound to listen to on a podcast? Like, I feel like, like eating gum or like <laughs> smacking, but then next is sniffing, I think. Yeah, sniffing is up there for me. I think snacking's pretty bad. Like I have a, yeah. a bowl of goldfish in front of me that is just super <laughs> tempting right now, but I am just like constantly like, no, Push stop that. Don't don't eat the goldfish. Nobody wants to hear you crunching on some delicious smiling snacks. Well, there's ASMR, you know, we could try ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like throwing stuff at the wall and see if anything sticks. Kyle, you really <laughs> want to do a spin-off podcast. We need to do uh put out a poll and see if people would listen to ASMR. <laughs> Or Chrome tips. <laughs> Why is I actually I was gonna say we should do baseball ASMR, but I'm sure someone's done it. Like I'm sure there's I'm like sure. cleats rubbing against dirt ASMR the crack out of there. the bat. Yeah. Well, turn to our top story, and our top story is the fact that several contenders had some pretty bad weekends, and so we had a couple of contenders in the ACC with some series losses. Most notable, Boston College traveled to Virginia Tech and upset the Hokies in Blacksburg, but the Pac-12 also saw a couple of its top teams fall as Pac-12 play also opened up this week. USC took down Stanford, that was in SoCal, and then Washington State traveled to Corvallis and took two out of three games from Oregon State. I want to talk a little bit more about Boston College because why not, right? <laughs> this is yeah. uh we talked about them a little bit with the midweek win over Tennessee. They weren't done there. That same day we recorded, they beat UNC Asheville. So I think it's always really cool to back up a big win on the road against Tennessee with uh, another road win, which Boston College did. Then they had to travel to Virginia Tech and play a whole series in just two days. So they played a Friday game, which they lost, and then a doubleheader on Saturday. They swept a doubleheader on Saturday to win that series. I think of all the things to do in college baseball, sweeping two games of a doubleheader on the road after you lost game one, that's got to be one of the hardest ways to win a series. Yeah, 
and full nine inning games too. A lot of times you see that on Sunday, like trying to stick in two seven inning games before like you have to leave. These are two full games, and yeah, back to back. It was really impressive. We we were saying last week how like Boston College, like yeah, that's a good story. It's cool they beat Tennessee, uh, but they hadn't played anybody else yet. Let's see, like let's hold off on like we put out a, a field of sixty four. Let's hold off on putting them in there just yet. And I don't know. And they showed us, man. They they went on the road and won an ACC series, which is, I mean. Really impressive series to win. Yep, it's a, a really good start to the year for the Eagles. Uh, they had originally scheduled their home opener on Tuesday, but six to eight inches of snow expected in Boston on Tuesday. So their home opener was Europe. delayed yep, up in my neck of the woods. So they'll next travel to Florida State to have another really tough road series to continue ACC play. Uh, I think it, it's worth noting that uh, one of the biggest risers in the offseason for Boston College in terms of draft prospects was Travis Honeyman. He is off to a really good start to the year, uh, a bunch of extra base hits uh, and batting almost 300. So continue to keep your eye on him in center field. They're super talented, uh, but maybe a little bit more surprising. Barry Walsh is also off to a really good start uh, with three home runs. Cameron Leary also uh, is currently leading the team. Six homers tied with Joe Vitrano. So this offense, I, I don't think of, I typically don't put Boston College hand in hand with offense because it's so hard to generate offense early in the year. But there's some pop. There's some pop in this team. So we'll find out as the ACC can play continues whether or not Boston College is for real. Let's head over to our rankings and pick them recap. So the best place to start with this is with Boston College because you win a series on the road at Virginia Tech, you get ranked. That's what that's what happens this early in the season. And so Boston College enters into our top 25 this week, right at the number 25 spot. Uh, starting back at the top, though, LSU and Wake are still one and two. We saw Stanford drop a series, so they fell from number three to number eight. So a lot of teams moved up just a spot. So three Ole Miss, Florida is four, Tennessee five, Louisville, Arkansas jumped up a couple spots to six and seven, the Vandy boys in eighth, East Carolina in ninth, UCLA wrapping out the top 10. Uh, in addition to Boston College entering the top 25, we had a few teams enter into the top 50, and that is Washington State at 31 and Kentucky at 50. Anything notable for you besides what I already talked about, Kyle? I mean, Kentucky being in is the uh, 14th SEC team, which means this is the first time that we've ever ranked all 14 SEC teams in our top 50. Um, Lots of debate about that spot between the two of us. There's a few teams we were thinking about. Yeah, Wofford, I think, was in the consideration. OU was moving on up. They've they've turned it around after a bad opening week against Cal Baptist, but I'm um, fairly convinced that Oklahoma at this point is probably a top 50 team. I I, I yeah. think it's really hard to do that based off of losing that opening series to Cal Baptist, but they're playing a lot better than they, they were three weeks ago. Yeah. And it was, it felt hard to, to knock out Oregon for losing a home series to a, a, a just a better pac 12 team against, I think it was Arizona, right? Yeah. No. Oregon at home this year has not had a ton of success. Yeah. <laughs> they got swept by Santa Barbara. And now they lost two out of three to UCLA. So that was UCLA. Yeah. Road Warriors. Yeah. They uh, just uh, don't play them at home or, you know, sort of the road team. But um, I think, I think OU one more good week and they'll, they'll probably be in. Um, otherwise, we call it, saw a couple teams dropping. We haven't mentioned yeah. Auburn and Alabama both lost series too. So they, 
uh, fell out of the top 30. Yeah, Alabama fell to Columbia. Auburn fell to Southeast Louisiana. So neither of them had been particularly tested. Auburn played USC earlier, um, and they just USC just showed that they can win series. Uh, and Auburn won that series against USC. But um, some early season losses for these two teams, which haven't had the strongest of non-conference schedules, we're not really going to know who Auburn and Alabama are until we get to see them in SEC play. Illinois keeps moving on up. Southern Miss moves up on with them because of that, those wins early on. And like Southern Miss doesn't look bad, doesn't look as bad as the, we thought they did because Illinois keeps winning and they, they split that series, which we'll, we'll get in the, the pick and recap. But, yeah, let's segue uh, right into the pick and recap. Look at me, professional segwayer. Because Illinois did split that series at Coastal, which means that I had one of my series as a, as a push. That was a 1-1 series for me. Uh, but 4-0 on the rest of them. So that uh, puts me at 15-3 and three on the year. I'm tossing out ties because we no. don't do ties. <laughs> so I'm 15-3. and the ties. No, no ties. This is literally, <sighs> literally uh, no. You're, you will never work another day at College Baseball Nation, Kyle, <laughs> if you don't delete that tie right now. So 15-3 and three on the year. I'm feeling pretty good. Someone take me to Vegas. Actually, sports betting just became legal in Massachusetts. So nice. somebody, I'm just about to make a million dollars on betting. But th- I know that's not how betting works. You don't just pick who's going to win games. But still, I feel pretty good about my 15-3. and three. So uh, that was my one push. NC State at Miami. I went with the home team, Miami, and they dominated the first two games, which really good. The NC State kind of I don't know, lackluster performance from Miami in that last game in C-State salvaged the series, but Miami won it overall. Arizona swept Cal and Arizona, like Arizona looked really good. I know a lot of a lot of people don't put eyes on some of those West Coast games, but uh, in game one, I, I want to just highlight one stat. Arizona pitching staff in game one, just three walks in game two, four walks in game three two walks i feel like it's really rare to see college baseball staffs with that low of walk weight walk rate what (laughs) uh we just found a new tongue twister but the way that (laughs) the way that that this uh, my eyes were originally drawn to this is i feel like really commonly in college baseball especially early in the season you see runs is higher than total hits and you're like "Eh, how did that happen it's like oh the other team walked nine guys you're like okay yeah yeah, that makes sense but uh Arizona pitching gave up 11 hits, just five runs on Friday. It was nine hits, five runs on Saturday, seven hits, two runs. Uh, Only three errors scattered across the weekend. That's just, it was just really solid defense, not walking a lot of guys uh, with a decent number of strikeouts across the weekend Uh, combined the three games. They had 30 strikeouts. So when your, your strikeout to walk ratio is what 30 to nine, let's reduce some fractions, 10 to three. That's a pretty good pretty good uh weekend for that pitching staff and um yeah i think arizona impressed me a lot uh what else did i have i had campbell at app state that last game got canceled on that but campbell won the first two and then georgia tech uh laid it on notre dame in those first couple games so four and oh week for me kyle you also did pretty well i had a three one and one week oh god you're fired <laughs> anyway <laughs> thanks for listening to the college baseball nation podcast it's just uh, gonna be me from here on out that's fine. Um, fine. I, I had a three and one week. We had one push ODU at Charlotte. I really did think um, that Charlotte was going to just destroy them. Weird um, series. It was just two games. Yeah. But it was a weird series. Yeah. I mean, 
I think the Friday night game, didn't you say there was a complete game shutout with like 17 strikeouts? strikeouts. Charlotte's yeah. pitcher had 17 <laughs> strikeouts in a complete game. That's wild. Not yeah, not a shutout, but still two earned runs, 17 strikeouts. That is, yeah, that is yeah. Uh, wild. And then the next day was another blowout in the opposite direction. Um, I, I don't know what happened, but uh, I'll take a push there. You know, after two weird games in a row, that's I'll take a push is fine. Yeah, you had some um, come from behind series victories too, right? UCLA. Yeah, I I pulled up that screenshot. Um, so four of my five started off zero and one against my picks, and I ended yeah. up doing pretty good. I kindly uh, notified of you of that on Friday night. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> um, and you started out five and zero, and so you know, only ending at four zero and one is is uh, <laughs> it's not as good as my coastal would have won that third game. <laughs> probably and i mean i don't know i think i think odu would have won my third game too but that's neither here nor there um so ucla was one that i picked uh ucla came back in the series they lost that first game um it's pitched like fine like the starter starter went over like five innings but um gave up a lot of earned runs and a kind of an iffy start um kind of scattered throughout his start uh and then the next two games um Oregon scored five in the bottom of the ninth and almost that series was almost over it was almost over five runs in the bottom of the ninth ended up losing by one run that second game Oregon did and then UCLA uh, poured it on (laughs) started off the first and second inning with four and five runs each and then yeah it was 16 nothing in that game three hits yeah it's it's, baseball is a cruel sport Oregon was so close to winning the series and then from that to losing 16 nothing and losing the series (laughs) yep but that's, I mean, that's just a, you see that as a better team. They're more talented and they, they showed that they have the depth to, to keep it going. Honestly, um, I was next... most impressed by that, that uh, offense on Sunday. I didn't know if UCLA had mm-hmm. it in them to put up a big number like that. So it bodes well, I think for the Bruins. Remember that uh 26 to 23 game in the, in the supers last year? Or no, that was the Pac-12 tournament. That was a Pac-12 right. tournament. That was crazy. I think we were listening to that in the car on the way back from Hoover. That was a work of art. Yeah, <laughs> Pac, that was great. Pac-12 tournament baseball. <laughs> it's brand new to us, but it's already beautiful. <laughs> um, the one series I did lose was UVA at Virginia. Uh, UVA was undefeated coming into that series and was the last undefeated team mm. to remain undefeated until Sunday. UNC took game three to avoid the sweep. Um, yeah, I guess I I didn't think that UVA had the like the resume really to, to justify picking them over the home team, but... Um, that's you know ACC play is, is always surprising, so I'll I can accept that loss and adjust going forward. Uh, the other yeah, one that's that a I true. had was <laughs> that's a lesson we learned last year is that anything anytime you think you have something figured out in the ACC, ACC will always surprise you. <laughs> now next time I just need to do a coin flip when teams are that close in my mind. Yeah, well nine and nine on the year, Kyle, you're just as good as a coin flip right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true. I, maybe I should just do it. <laughs> Um, the other one that I had was, uh, tech over Iowa, Texas tech over Iowa. Um, there wasn't really much to add on this one. Tech kind of blew them out in game one, uh, really close game, game three that tech almost came back, scored two in the bottom of the ninth. I think that must be, yeah, Iowa took the lead in the bottom of the, in top of the ninth and then tech almost came back and won that one for the sweep. But yeah, close games in the, in the last two, but the first one was just a blowout and that just what the doctor ordered for the red Raiders. I think yeah, we, they, talk, we they talked about that. that. They needed a marquee series win. They did it at home. They're so good at home. They had to do it. They did it. 
So Texas Tech is looking a lot better now with a, a nice series win under their belt. Next up on the podcast, segment called Notable and Quotable will give you a notable stat or a notable quote. And let's start off with what, <laughs> what I think is one of the most absurd things to happen this year. We've talked about him already on the podcast. Chase Mora, does that, does that name ring a bell? He's the guy, he's a freshman. He started his college baseball career three for three with three home runs. He could have just hung his hat on that. That was That's a fun stat. A couple of home runs, yeah. getting some of the bats as a freshman at Texas State, you know, a really good Sunbelt team. That's like, you're doing great. Good job, Mr. Mora. Great freshman year to start off for you. That wasn't enough for him. Against North Dakota State over the weekend, he hit a four home run game. Not not a four run home run. We're not talking about talk, talking about grand slams here. We're talking about he had four separate four baggers in one game against North Dakota State. And you're thinking like, oh yeah, like maybe at that point North Dakota State was putting in the like you know bottom of the bullpen. They weren't. This was a one run game in the end. Like Texas Ooh. State walked <laughs> off North Dakota State. It was eighteen to seventeen. Like he needed every one of those home runs. Like he without his home runs, Texas State loses. So this was a game that was competitive despite the fact that North Dakota State was giving up home runs left and right to true freshmen. Why isn't he starting all the time? I feel like I he, know he like he has twenty three <laughs> at bats on the year. Like let the kid play <laughs> he's got he had nine rbis in that game yeah and so 23 at bats in the year seven home runs so far so three and three in the first three at bats and then four all over all at once over the weekend but uh seven home runs he's actually you know t- approaching the leaderboard in, in terms of the I, I would bet like home runs per ab he's number one in the country because he just doesn't, doesn't oh, have ha- that many to be doesn't have that many <laughs> i mean yeah it's one of every what, three at bats is a home run <laughs> He's not in first in number of RBIs. He's he's actually pretty far down there in number of RBIs. But maybe if you did RBI like per plate appearance, if that was like a stat that people cared about, he'd be up there because he does not have a ton of plate appearances. But yeah, how many RBIs, RBIs does he have this year? Seventeen. Yeah, seventeen. The RBIs leader is in twenty-three yeah. at bats. So basically, yeah. every time he comes up to bat, it's a good odds he's getting, he's driving someone in. Yeah, very often himself. If we had a college baseball war stat that I started to work on, he would be way up there. Four home run game, just like a little a quick thing about it. It's only happened 18 times in the history of the MLB. Uh, so pretty rare. So that's uh, four home runs in one game also is 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 equally impressive in college, I think. And you you found a stat that was looking at last decade that found that it only happened like a handful of times over the last decade, like about like once every year or so, which actually yeah. is kind of higher than I would have thought. But maybe, I don't know, lots of things happen in college baseball, but it's a pretty rare event. Yeah, it's. Pretty extremely rare. And there's like 10 times the number of of teams in college baseball than there are in MLB. So like considering that there's more games to be played. And also you're playing pitchers that like don't end up going on to be professional pitchers most of the time. Mm. Playing some That's true. Most pitchers in the MLB are professional pitchers. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) You're you're playing future dentists and lawyers and accountants and things like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, very true. Um, so good job, Chase Mora. Hats off to you on a ridiculous start to the year. Let's look at another individual notable performance, and that's from Devin Turbrack, Western Kentucky. He had the first solo no-hitter of the season. It's the first of the kind. Uh, we had a few combined no-hitters, but his was the first solo no-hitter. Uh, and be on the lookout 
he is going to be a guest on the podcast later this week. So let's not spend too much time dwelling on this because we're going to hear straight from the horse's mouth. And uh, last in the realm of notable, let's talk a little bit about LSU because you pulled a great stat. LSU has played 16 games, Kyle. How many of those have ended in regular fashion? Uh, Nine have ended in regular fashion. And seven what's, of them have ended What's going in on with the rule. other seven? <laughs> yeah, seven <laughs> they, run, they rules. run rules. Seven yeah. run rules. And yeah, so, and then their loss, their one loss was also like, could have been a run rule. I think it was like a, it was a big blowout, but didn't have the run rule in the in the uh, round rock classic that the what they were in. Yeah, um, but yeah, they they uh, play a lot of games at home, and they've blown out every team that they've played. It's it's pretty crazy. I so I was exploring this a little bit because you were talking about how you know they're only averaging what was it, like eight or nine runs a game, which I mean only that's obviously really yeah. good, but to run rule someone. You normally have to be winning by 10, right? <laughs> that's, right. that's normally the 10 run rule. And so I, I started getting into like what's going on with LSU. And I knew their pitching staff was good. We've talked about it. I don't think I appreciated how good their pitching staff has been so far this year. So Paul Skeens in his four games is a 0.75 ERA. Christian mm-hmm. Little with just this one start, but with five total appearances, uh, 77.77 ERA. Uh, a couple other relievers with one or below ERA. Then we have Chase Shores, another starter, ERA of one. Ty Floyd, ERA of 1.08. Thatcher Hurd, 2.04. Riley Cooper, 4.09. That's their only starter who has uh, a plus three ERA. But the whole pitching staff, 2.42 ERA. So when you're only giving up like two and a half runs a game, it's not that hard to score 10 more runs than them. I think the stat that you're looking at right now, opponents ERA is twelve five four. So I think that's enough right there. So this... they're averaging a run rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's what that averaging means. a run rule. That is crazy. Yeah. I I was I had initially come up with that stat in my mind, to like trying to figure out how many runs that they're missing out on. Because if they're if they're I mean I, t- I took like the number of innings that they've played and the number of runs that they've hit in the innings that they've played, and then got obviously the runs per inning, and then I wanted to see how many innings they missed out on. And added that to it, it it wasn't that significant. It was like a run per inning, which is really cool. Like if you get a run per inning, you're going to win most games. But like, yeah. so you're saying they're missing out on a couple enough. runs per game if they're ending in the seventh or whatever. They there might yeah. be a couple, and that actually might also contribute to what we've noticed, which is that LSU doesn't really have the same home run like hitter. Like I don't know. Let's mm-hmm. rephrase that. They have a lot of guys who can hit home runs, but they don't have anyone who's hitting 10 home runs, which, you know, we, we've mm-hmm. looked around the country and there's several guys who are hitting eight, nine, 10 home runs already at this stage in the year, which is absurd. A lot of people have re I have hashed out how the balls are probably used in college baseball this year, but are LSU's ball are the balls LSU is using not juiced. Like what, why, are, why is the team leader with only six home runs? Why is Tommy tanks and why is, um, why are we like, you know, why is he at five home runs? I mean, with Tommy Tanks, he was injured a little bit, but uh, it also doesn't help when you're only playing like two thirds of a baseball game. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, they're playing most of the games at home also. So they're missing out on that ninth at bat opportunity. So yeah, I, I think I can't like most of the games that they've played have not ended like nine full innings. That makes sense. That's kind of crazy. Last in the notable and quotable, we have a quote from Washington state head coach, Brian Green on the series win over Oregon State. It's uh, first time since 09 to come down here, you know, one of the best environments in college baseball and 
you know, the class of the league for the last 15, 20 years up here. So to come in here, win a series, be really competitive, it's a tough series, it's good baseball. But to one hit Oregon State and Corvallis on a Sunday, uh, that, that's new for Washington State. So shout out to Coach Claggett. Our pitching was outstanding all weekend. No errors today, played really good defense and, uh, you know, and got enough. Got two in the first, got one in the ninth. And our pitching, I mean, I, just, just fantastic. One hit Oregon State. That's what Washington had, Washington State head coach Brian Green just said. And that is true. His pitching staff in the Sunday do-or-die game, one hit the Beavers in Corvallis. Washington State fell behind in that series and won the next two games in order to win a series that this that Washington State doesn't win, right? Washington State doesn't yeah. beat Oregon State. Like if, if there were like a if there was a Pac-12 get to know the league thing, you know, book, this would be like top 10 rules is like Oregon State doesn't lose home series. And Washington State went on the road, uh, dropped a first game five to one, uh, one game two in that series, six to three, and then the one hitter three to one final in game three. Washington State moves to 13 and two overall, two and one in the pack. Oregon State drops to 11 and four. One thing I want to highlight from this is Travis Bazana, Oregon State's one of their highest draft draft prospects, was 0 for 3 in that Sunday game. He was 0 for 4 in the middle game and just 1 for 2 in Friday. So this is one of the best hitters, like one of the best prospects in the country. It was held to just one hit on the weekend. Washington State, I think, announced themselves as a legitimate contender in the Pac-12. Yeah, I was just doing like a step, like a rewind. They have the 17th highest ERA in the country, but they also have the num- the number one FIP. We talked about FIP a little bit last week. Fielding wait, wait, 17th highest or 17th lowest? 17th best. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, wait a second. We're just talking about how great they did over the weekend. You're saying there's yeah. 300 teams no, that are terrible. better than them at pitching. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have the 17th best. Uh, and then they also have the number one FIP, uh, which is fielding, ind- fielding independent pitching. We talked about that last week a little bit. Um, that also means that their defense is doing really well. So they're just uh, starting to play really well, like well-rounded baseball. And they're like one hitting Oregon State on the road is really hard to do. You said that was a Sunday game? Yeah. And just three errors in that series, which one error per game in college baseball, that ain't too bad on the road. That Mm -hmm. will probably get the job done. So uh, hats off to Washington State for one of the most impressive performances of the weekend. That sound means one thing, and that's mail time. We have two great questions submitted to us from Twitter today. And the first one, hypothetical, if you could schedule any non-con series for this coming weekend based on everything we know about teams so far this year, who would you match make and why? That's from Black Bets on Twitter. I like this question a lot. I know. This is really hard. I think that like my like go-to answer is like the most regionally distinct teams. Like I want to see the like, you know, now that Washington State had a good series win, I want to go see them play Miami or Florida. <laughs> like I I want those series that we just never see in non-conference. Hawaii at Boston College. <laughs> yeah, well, UConn was just at Hawaii over the weekend, so that's basically that. They're actually. Playing oh, I didn't realize that was game. on the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, UConn. So far in that series is one, two out of three. I think they're doing a fourth one on Monday night. 
I also, I think it'd be really fun to see some of the best teams in SEC and ACC go at it. So I think it'd be really fun to see LSU and Tennessee maybe try to take on like a Wake Forest or Virginia. And like something that I've, I think would be really fun. I wish some of these preseason tournaments that we've had, I wish they were in regional format. I think that would just add a level of intrigue to them that I think could be a, a lot of fun for the casual fan and be a really good way to introduce regional format early in the season, maybe right at the beginning of the year. So if someone's just getting into college baseball, they'll have something to think about. Like they'll have a, a nice little preface before they have to try to figure out what the heck the college baseball postseason is because it's awesome, but it is a little confusing for the casual fan. Our next question was submitted to us by Levi on Twitter. Thanks, Levi, for submitting your question. Texas is off to a rough start, but had a brutal first part of the schedule. Now they've won five games in a row. What do you think their chances of postseason baseball are? So postseason baseball, I mean, the most literal sense, will they make the Big 12 tournament? Yes, I think they will. So I think they'll be playing in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, and it's interesting. Texas is probably the team that we talked about most when it came to our Field of 64 projection, which we just released this last week. We ended up having Texas just out. We thought a lot about how many teams we thought would be reasonable for the Big 12 to get in. And uh, we liked the number five. We considered West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Texas there at the bottom in up choosing uh, to, to go with Oklahoma and West Virginia. Texas is a really interesting team. I think you're starting to see some signs of life against Manhattan with their offense. I think they can be competitive in the Big 12 if they finish in fourth or fifth top half-ish of the Big 12. I would be shocked if they're left out. I think that that would have enough wins. I think their uh, pedigree, their historical pedigree, probably, which maybe shouldn't be considered, but is, um, could be enough to push them over the the hump on the bubble. And then it all kind of comes down to how big or small the bubble is at the end of the year, if you're something like middle of the pack in the Big 12. But we almost had them in our Field of 64 projection that we just released right now. I'm leaning out. That's why we had them out. But I would say it's coin close to coin flip, close to 40, 50% chance, I would say, as of this moment right now. Thanks for listening to the College Baseball Nation podcast. If you haven't shared this with somebody, do that. Share it. And also maybe review the podcast. Say something nice. We like hearing nice things about us. I know, it's weird. We like it when people compliment us. But please, review the podcast. It helps get the word out. Also, check out our website, collegebaseball.info. Our socials are at collegeballnat. That's where you can submit questions for the mailbag. Thanks for listening. And we will see you for our preview pod in just a couple days. Bye.